Okay, a couple weeks ago, we began a new series here in Sunday School on names that most of the time Jesus gave to himself. Now, sometimes other people used them, but most of the time he said something about himself and he used a special name. We talked about the light of the world as we try to get the different nuances and meaning uh, having to do with it. Light, we talked about being illuminated in our mind. And so Jesus represents that thing that illuminates our mind, helps us to understand. Last week, uh, Levi talked about Jesus, the Lamb of God. And we talked about uh, the sacrifice that he made, and he represented those lambs for hundreds and thousands of years that were sacrificed and he came and became the ultimate Lamb of God. Today we look at another one that Jesus gave himself, uh, living water. Living water. We're going to think about what it means, why he chose that name, and why he's called that, and what it means to us. John chapter 4. A lot of these are in the Gospel of John because John had a real flair for catching extra special things that Jesus did. And so these names, a lot of them are repeated in the book of John. The first one we have here is the woman at the well. And Jesus in John chapter 4, in verse number 10, you remember the story, he goes to a well in Samaria sits down on the well. His disciples go into town for some food, and when they come back, he's talking to this woman who comes to the well to draw water. And uh, he asked her, can you give me a drink? She's got a pot with a rope. You let it down and get water, and he asked her for a drink, verse 10. And Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou would have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. And she doesn't know. She said, The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, the well is deep, and whence has thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered, said unto whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, and the water I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And so he calls himself, says, if you ask me, I'd give you something, I'd give you living water. And he says, the well that, that I have springs up. Uh, have you ever seen artesian wells? Anybody seen artesian wells? Over where I used to live, uh, there was a new well that they drilled. And when they got all finished and drilled, water came right out of the casing continuously. Mm -hmm. Just pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. It's artesian. Pour it out, and they were able to cap it and have enough pressure to run the house. And that's a pretty nice well. All right, most wells don't do that. But that artesian well, he says, uh, the, the well that I, the water that I give you 
is going to be springing up inside of you into everlasting life. And so the question that we talk about is thirst. If you're thirsty, uh, if you have thirst, you can come to me, ask me, and I'll give you something to quench your thirst. Now, this woman was a classic case who came to the well, and she's been searching for happiness. Hasn't found it. She's in search for happiness. And you recall the story. Uh, she's tired, worn out from a struggle in life. And Jesus said, well, go get your husband. You know, I don't have one. He said, no, you've had five. You're right. You don't have one. You have five. And those five represent something, a search, unhappiness, never quite finding, and worn out from the struggle of life. And so he's offering her something to quench that inner thirst. Now, over at John chapter 7, he uses this again. He uses this again. John chapter 7, verse 37. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. And he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. There it is again. Come and drink, first of all. Come to me and drink that thirst that you have. And he said, then secondly, there'll be rivers of living water. Right? And so the rivers coming out, and you thirst. Uh, there's two things that he mentioned both times, an inner thirst and an outer thirst. And this one uh, is kind of an interesting background. And it says here at the last great day of the feast. And what they did at the last day of this particular feast, they had these uh, water uh, pots. They were probably silver or gold, fancy, but they used them in the temple. So they would walk across town to one of the pools. They had built these pools out of underground springs. And there was two of them in Jerusalem. And they'd go to this pool and they'd fill these water pots up with water. And then they would carry them back singing as they go back to the temple. They'd all get together in the temple, and then it was a drink offering. They'd pour it on the ground. And it was representative of a lot of water that God gave. And so Jesus, he knows what it means. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people didn't even ever think about it. Ever thought about what the water, what are you doing? Why are you pouring water? Because we do that every time on the last day of the feast. Most people, you know, if I ask you, why do you do something? Because that's what we do. Why do you come to church and sing? Because that's what we do at church. No, that's not. There's a reason we sing. There's a purpose in it. And it's not just something we do. And so they're pouring this water out in Jesus it just fills him up, and he says, ah, you thirsty, come. 
and you can drink from me, and then something's going to happen. Out of you will flow rivers of living water, verse 39. But this he spake of the Spirit, that they believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So, <clears throat> into you we're going to quench your thirst. And so the point of living water is that it is refreshing. It's refreshing from God. And so sometimes we need to be refreshed. Uh, I used to work for Pepsi, right? Long time. And I bottled it. I tasted it. I went from restaurant to restaurant all over this area and uh, tasted theirs. I got to be rather an expert. I could tell exactly what was wrong or right with it as soon as I tasted it because I tasted a lot of soda, <laughs> a lot of soda. And I'm going to tell you right away the first thing, it does not quench your thirst. Go ahead, slug that old Pepsi back till it runs out of your ears. You'll be thirsty not much farther ahead. It's not really made to quench your thirst. It's made so you'll buy more. <laughs> All right? It's got caffeine in it. We, put, we made Mountain Dew with caffeine. There's so much caffeine in it that it wouldn't dissolve in the syrup. So we had to have almost boiling water and put all the caffeine in there and dissolve it and pour it into the mixture. It's not made to quench your thirst. It's made to get you to buy more. And they did a pretty good job at that. <laughs> they bought a lot of it. Not made to quench your thirst. I love iced tea. I drink a lot of iced tea. I know that as soon as I drink it, a little while later, I'm going to be thirsty again. Because... A real thirst quencher is what God made. Adam's ale, you call it, okay? Water. That quenches your thirst. When so many things that we add into water don't, all right? But the refreshing nature of water is what he's trying to communicate about himself. There's something in God that's very refreshing. <clears throat> I remember the most intense case that I still remember to this day, and I know I've probably told you this before, but I'd go to my grandmother's house. We went in the winter a couple times, and my grandfather had the house at 85. I mean, he filled that wood stove constantly, and I was dying of thirst. And I said, my mother, I got to have a drink. Well, grandma's got milk, and she did. She had milk. When the milkman came every morning, he put two bottles of milk outside the door. She never put it in the refrigerator. She said, cold things are bad for you. So she put the milk on the table. So I said, I want milk. Well, it was Guernsey milk. Uh, you ever had Guernsey milk? How many people have had Guernsey? Few of you know what I'm talking about. It's like drinking whipped cream, okay? And so... She said, I got milk for you. She poured a glass full, and I drank that, and it was the most horrible thing I could ever think of. Warm Guernsey milk. Oh, gag me. Don't make me drink this ever again. Well, I told my father, I said, I'm so thirsty. He said, well, we'll get an old tub. We got a big galvanized tub. 
and just down the mountain partway, somebody many years before had driven a big pipe right into the rock. And this water flowed out 24 hours a day out of this pipe. We filled up that old tub and took it home, left it on the porch so it would freeze. Next morning I got up, dying of thirst, sweating, went out there, broke the ice. Oh, man. Right now I'd drink it if I had. That water was so good, so refreshing. It just felt good. It tasted good. It was cold. It was refreshing and delicious. And so that's what Jesus is trying to communicate to us. When you're hot and dry and just don't feel like you got enough to keep going, he said, I'm water to you. I'm water to you, the thing that will quench your thirst. You can try a lot of things. Drink Pepsi and drink tea and drink whatever you want. In the end, it is water that will quench your thirst. You need water. Now, what is a spiritual thirst? And that's what we're talking about, okay? I'm not talking about Pepsi or anything else. I'm talking about a spiritual thirst. What is it? What are we talking about? What's Jesus saying? You need refreshing. And I can refresh you. Well, there are some things that uh, people need. There are basic human needs that every human has. And the woman at the well comes to the well because she has one of those basic human needs. That is for love and acceptance. Every human needs both. They need love and they need acceptance. They need to have acceptance, have people accept you for who you are. And so uh, relationships that we have in life can lack that. They can lack love, can be without love, and there can be lots of times no acceptance. You never can add up. And so one of the spiritual thirsts that we have in our life comes natural. As soon as you're born, you got it. There's a desire for love and acceptance. The woman at the well had five husbands trying to find it. She's thirsty. I need this relational help. And Jesus says, I give you, I could refresh you. Come to me and drink. I could refresh you. And so one of the things that humans need, certainly, love and acceptance, very high on the list of what we need. All right? And <clears throat> certainly, Jesus as the living water can take care of that issue. Another uh, thing that people need is purpose and meaning in life. I know that there are people who never care. They don't care what their life means and they don't care. But most people want to be able to stay sometime, why am I here? Why did I arrive in this world? And what am I here for? Give me meaning. 
in life. I just don't want to live a meaningless life where I just exist and it doesn't do anything. I need purpose in my life and meaning in my life. And <clears throat> that's another thing Jesus says, the thirst that I, that you have for purpose, a reason to live, that thirst that you have, I can quench, I can give you a reason. I can give you purpose and meaning in your life. And I searched for that for a long time and began to find it eventually. Uh, a young, a friend of mine who was uh, in the church that I was attending said, you're going to start teaching Sunday school next week. I said, I never taught Sunday school. He said, I didn't ask you that. He said, you're going to start next week. And I started. And uh, it was a challenge, but I did. <clears throat> and then at the same time, I was leading a choir. I had about 30-member choir back then, big choir, and uh, they were singing real well. And then I began to teach, and I watched, and I thought, music is wonderful. I love music. But this is a lot of meaning. This teaching is a lot of purpose, a lot of meaning in my life. And eventually I got to the point where I said, one is, well, is it more important than the other? Yeah, I think so. And I had a purpose for a living, a reason to live, and uh, that's what brought me here. The reason, purpose. I want meaning in my life. And this is where you find it. Jesus says, come to me. I'll give you meaning in your life. You do the will of God, and you'll have a purpose, a reason to live. And it makes living so much better. So much better when you've got a reason and a purpose to live. God gives that. And that's some of that refreshment. Come to me, I'll make your life a pleasure. All right. But I think even more than that, what I think, as I think about the refreshing nature of Jesus Christ, I think that for me personally and for many people, not just me, that the most refreshing thing quenches a spiritual thirst is worship. There's nothing makes me feel better than that. Worship is the most refreshing thing that you can do, in my opinion. There's no more refreshing activity in all of the world than to worship God. Uh, and there's lots of ways to do it. Uh, music plays a part in that, certainly. And music is a part of worship. Uh, nature is, is a part of worship that God has given to us. Another thing that I really am refreshed by is testimony. <coughs> Music has the ability uh, to let your mind soar and your heart is thrilled, your spirit is lifted, and your imagination wraps itself around God and what God can do. We're singing this morning, all right? 
sweet hour of prayer. Uh, thy wings shall my petition bear, and so forth. And then he says, till from Mount Peace is lofty height, I view my home, take my flight. Wow. That gets me. That just gets me. Can you imagine Moses on top of Mount Pisgah and God says, I'm going to get you up high and look into the promised land. He looks over there into the promised land and God says, someday, Eric, you're going to look into the promised land. One day when my eyes are ready to close for the last time, I'm going to the promised land. And they're going to rise. Don't you worry about me. I'll be rising. I'll view my home, take my flight. Don't that be something, huh? Let your imagination gather around. Very refreshing activity. Music has the ability. Listen to Handel's Messiah. I listened to it for about six months out of the year. Because I did Christmas music, you know? So I listened to it from September to, well... I've been listening to it just now, so I listen to it all the time. But it's the high thoughts of God. High thoughts of God. And it lifts your mind and soars. That's very refreshing to me. There's nothing more refreshing than to have an experience with God. Think about that. So he says, you are thirsty? Are you tired of the dull, dry nature of life? You want more. You want to have the experience that lifts you out of this dull world and sends you soaring through the air. Yeah, that's what I want. Nature does it. I watched the sunrise this morning. I love watching the sunrise. I drove to work years in the dark. Now I can watch it rise. I love watching the sunrise. Watched it come up this morning and a song going through my head. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. You know the next line. Early in the morning our song shall rise to thee. Early in the morning. You see that sun going to be thinking, wow. The other night the sun went down over here. It's fabulous. It was gorgeous. The sky was on fire. Uh, There's so much. And anything. I got a bluebird flipping around my yard. Is there any more gorgeous shade of blue than that little bird that God made? I look at him and I think, wow, how did he pick that color? How did he make that bird as little as this big with his little feathers so shiny, so beautiful? God, every time I see that, I say, good job. Nice job. Beautiful. Things are beautiful. And, and there's, I love trees. And down in the swamp, there are oak trees that are huge. The branches are bigger than any tree. And you, the branches are just big. Great big old giant white oaks down there. You see one of them, I look up and I say, beautiful. Beautiful job. You can worship God and have your mind go with the experience. And, and testimony I put in there too because people really who can stand up and say, here's what God did for me. That's inspiring to me. 
rises worship in my heart that God did something for those people and it encourages me, lifts me up. And so that thirst that you want, that you have, uh, you want it? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Shall run, not be weary, and walk and not faint. Is that what you want? Well, there's living water coming out of him, pouring out of him to quench the thirst, the things that we were born with, the need for purpose and meaning and love and acceptance, and the need for a higher expression of our own heart. In this world, you, you stay down where they live, you're really going to be bored, and you're going to be depressed, you're going to feel all those things. Get above it. Just drive down the swamp and look at a tree if you need to. Watch the birds fly over. Uh, watch the sunrise come up. Get above it. Rise above it. I always sing this song every Sunday morning. When morning gills the skies, my heart awaking cries, may Jesus Christ be praised. Alike in work and prayer to Jesus I repair. I'm thirsty. May Jesus Christ be praised. The powers of darkness fear when this sweet chant they hear. May Jesus Christ be praised. So this living water that he's talking about is the excitement and the refreshment that comes from having an experience with God. A better relationship than you can get anywhere else. Love and acceptance. More purpose in your life to do the will of God. Better than you can find anywhere else. Refreshing to know that you're here for a reason and you found out what the reason is. And then the feeling of worship coming out of our hearts as we pour out a higher thing. Uh, a greater thing than this world chit-chat. Uh, the world bores me to death. The news bores me to death. I listen to three seconds. I get turn it off quick. I don't want to be bored to death by that garbage. I got a sore. I got places to go. Right? I'm going to talk with God and drink. It's like that old bucket with the ice on top, and he drank it, so refreshing. So is worship, and these things are refreshing. So Jesus said, do you need that? Do you want that? Do you want that refreshing? Come to me and drink. And then the other part is, if you do, if you go to him and drink, then he says, we're going to pour it into you until it runs right out and goes out to somebody else. He said, so there's two things about the drinking. The more you drink from him, the more it pours out and runs out to somebody else. And he says, you're going to become an artesian well. You keep drinking from me, and you'll be overflowing, and people can drink from you. People can drink from you. It's a very fascinating idea that Jesus said, I am living water. Come to me and drink. Thank you.